Welcome to the Dermatology Podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. I'm Christopher Horskamp. And I'm Cecil Umitswash. And we are your hosts. Today, Professor Jan Guttermuth will be leading a discussion with Professor Liva Brochet about skin cancer screening and making it more cost-effective through lesion-directed screening. Our question was, how do we reach, how do we offer early detection in this low-risk population? We know from previous study that uh, a skin cancer screening with total body examination in the general population seems to be not quite cost-effective. More on that in a minute, but first... So who wants some good news? I know I do. Well, the early bird ticket deadline has been extended for the EADV Virtual Congress that will be held from the 29th of September to the 2nd of October. The deadline is the 8th of September, so don't miss out on registering at this lower rate. Just go to www.eadvcongress2021.org. And the EADV is back to having face-to-face courses. And this time it's calling all nurses. The EADV is proud to offer its first face-to-face course dedicated to nurses delivering lectures on topics including eczema, phototherapy, and skin surgery, as well as the challenges of delivering effective care during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Nurses in Dermatology Practice course will take place from the 25th through the 27th of November, 2021 in Malaga, Spain. EADV nurse members benefit from 50% off the full course price. Go to www.eadv.org under education for more details. And now, early detection of skin cancer is still a major challenge in dermatology practice. While surveillance programs are offered to high-risk patients, systematic total body examination in the general population is not cost-effective. So we look at lesion-directed screening as a way to optimize skin cancer detection in the general population and use available time as efficiently as possible in daily dermatology practice. We will hand it over right away to frequent contributor Professor Jan Guttermuth to lead the discussion with Professor Brochet. Good afternoon, dear colleagues. Um, Thank you very much for joining us. Today, it's a really great pleasure to have Professor Liebe Brochet with us. Uh, Professor Brochet is head of the Dermato-Oncology Unit at the University Hospital Ghent Dermatology Department, and she's also the president of the Belgian Association for Dermato-Oncology. She has run multiple studies and um, Today, we are very interested to hear from Professor Brochet about one of her latest publications on lesion-directed skin cancer screening. Uh, Professor Brochet, welcome. We are glad to have you with us. Thank you for the invitation. Um, since we know each other, I, um, I prefer to call you Liebe throughout the podcast. Liebe, uh, what prompted you to perform the study? What is the background? Well, the background is that as a dermatology, our time is uh, a dermatologist, our time is limited. Uh, and so we should really think good about how to uh, to spend this time. So we have high risk populations um, for skin cancer, the people with skin cancer in the history, family history of melanoma, atypical mole syndrome, etc., and we do already spend a lot of time and effort to do uh, to do a follow-up in these patient group. On the other hand, you have the low-risk population, which is the majority of the of the general population. Uh, but if you look at the number of skin cancers uh, diagnosed, you see that uh, 
this group contributes to a considerable, uh, considerable amount of all skin cancers. So our question was, how do we reach, how do we offer early detection in this patient group, in this population, low-risk population? We know from previous study that uh, a skin cancer screening with total body examination in the general population seems to be not quite cost-effective. So, and that is how the idea of lesion-directed screening came about. We had um, in previous years done a study, a population-based study, where we tested two strategies. We did uh, perform in one group a total body examination in 10,000 inhabitants. And in another group, we uh, did perform a lesion-directed screening, meaning that uh, we said to people, if you have a lesion that meets A, B, C, D, E criteria or a lesion that is ugly duckling um, or a fast-growing non-healing lesion, that could be skin cancer. So let's have it checked. And we saw in this study that the detection rate was in fact comparable or even a bit higher than the total body examination. And so that is how the idea came about to organize lesion-directed screening uh, and to offer this option as an early access consultation at our department. So that seems for me also then to have the great advantage of improving the access for patients at risk, that you can provide a very fast access uh, in case that there is a uh, suspicion. Is that one of the advantages? That, is, that surely is. You, have, uh, you offer them an early access and uh, a lot of these people are concerned because they detected a lesion. There is a lot of skin cancer awareness in the general population. So if the people then detect a lesion, they, they need to have the opportunity to have an early evaluation by someone who is experienced in doing that. I, so, so I think dermatologists certainly are in some countries, it will also be GPs that can offer that. But we need, um, it is very important that people then can have a very quick evaluation. And we saw that also in our study that that was a very a thing that was of great value. Okay, so that I think clearly sets the stage of your, of your project. And um, how exactly was your new study done? So what we, we said is if, if someone phones to the department here and he or she mentions uh, a, a lesion of concern and that would be a new uh, and changing mole, uh, ugly duckling sign, uh, fast-growing lesion, non-healing lesion, or the advice or an official referral by a, a non-dermatologist, we should see these patients within one week. We should have an early consultation and we promised to the person at the telephone to only have a look, uh, uh, an urgent look, but to only address that specific problem. So we would deal with no other dermatology problems. And we saw these people within one week. Um, and so we did the study for um, more than one year and we had more than 340 patients coming in like this. And so that is um, how we set up uh, the study. So the patients were selected by a telephone checklist. We had the reception co-workers checking if the patient met uh, one of uh, the criteria. I would be interested, which criteria were those? What were the criteria that the secretary is checking? So... Uh, 
it was concerning adults with a new pigmented lesion, a changing pigmented lesion, uh, an ugly duckling, an unusual lesion, a fast-growing or non-healing lesion, and then the advice or referral by a non-dermatologist. We had some people who were officially re referred with, with a referral letter, but you had also a group of people that had a, a non-official uh, advice by a specialist who said, maybe you should have a look at that lesion. So they could also come in in that early access consultation. And so you were using uh, more or less um, real life situation. You did not instruct the referrals, but you were um, doing the triage from what would happen in real life that doctors have the suspicion, a GP or other specialist has a suspicion, sends the patient to the dermatologist. It's not that you had uh, a, a set of doctors who you instructed. Correct. It was a real life situation. So um, that was uh, with what we worked. Yeah. So as it would happen in, in yeah, I understand, as it uh, happens in real life. So patients appreciated this very short waiting time, I suggest, I guess, or what, were of there course, any comments? Very much appreciated because they also had a concern. We asked them about their anxiety for having skin cancer and they scored that uh, five in 10. So they all had a kind of concern uh, that they would have skin cancer or that the lesion of that they, for which they came could be a skin cancer. And um, what was then the result? What did you, what were your findings? So maybe you at first could quickly describe your population. You said already uh, patients older than 18. Were there any other criteria like mainly above 65 or anything else we should know about the population? Well, we saw that there were twice as many women as males, mm -hmm. uh, so a ratio of two to one. Uh, the median age was around 55 years, uh, so we had younger, we had older uh, people. And what we see if we look at, because we in these people for scientific reasons, we did of course do a skin phototype and we looked at the number mm -hmm. of moles and we saw that these people were not the ones with atypical mole syndrome. Uh, some of them had a personal history of skin cancer um, and some of them were referred by doctors. But we saw that they had um, few moles uh, and that they have had, uh, uh, for the rest, were comparable to what we think would be a general population, that they represented the general population. Uh, I think that what many dermatologists experience or most dermatologists experience when we see patients who come who say, I would like to have a regular skin check, um, that we find very seldom we find a skin cancer. And um, few percent, how, how did this, how was this in your study population? Well, uh, we had a detection rate of skin cancer, minimal detection rate of 13% of skin cancers, which, which is huge if you compare that to yeah. the 1% that is usually reported in general population screenings that would be 13-fold higher. And what was also remarkable is that we had a high number of melanomas. We had a 1 to 2 ratio, so one melanoma for two non-melanoma skin cancers, whereas in other screening campaigns like Germany, uh, you see one in three. So you see less melanomas, whereas we know that melanomas are very important to, to, um, 
to detect uh, during screening campaigns and, and, and would be one of our focuses in, in, in skin cancer screening campaigns. So um, high, very high detection rate and a high proportion of melanomas, which is probably related to the way in which we set up the criteria for selection. We asked about changing molds, new molds, ugly duckling, which are all fixed or directed to detection of melanoma. So we assume that the Ghent region in the future will have a lower melanoma detection rate because you are now uh, finding these patients. I think that what that had been seen in Schleswig-Holstein, uh, where uh, some years ago they did this already quite a number of years ago, where they did a large large screening campaign involving a large part of the population. And in the subsequent years in Schleswig-Holstein, that's a part of northern Germany, uh, the, the subsequent years they detected much less melanomas than the rest of the country. That's Very true, but they had a detection rate of 0.8%. So if you compare that to the 13% uh, of, of our population, they did also a total body examination. And what we see is that lesion-directed screening uh, is five times less time-consuming. So you can do a lesion-directed evaluation in 40 seconds. Whereas if you do a total body examination in the general population, it takes you about three to four minutes. So you see that there is um, a shorter time with a higher detection rate in this lesion-directed screening. And that is why we would support to do this lesion-directed screening in the low-risk population. I understand, because that uh, lets you use the time of the dermatologist or somebody trained for detecting skin cancer in the most optimal way to ensure a maximum access to Correct. care for these patients. Yeah. And uh, I remember this from your paper. Uh, I found it uh, interesting how low, maybe you can comment on this, that there's a very low additional rate of skin cancer detection if you do a total body. If, if a patient comes to you in during this study and you had the lesion, and if you continue to check the whole body, there you almost detected almost no other skin cancer. So we are not at risk. That would be a question. Are we at risk of uh, missing other cancers? The risk will be not zero, but we in the, indeed we, we had uh, confirmed and it has been confirmed by others that if the index lesion for which the patient comes is benign, then you have uh, you can do a total body examination, but it will not attribute to uh, much detection. And we even had a bad performance in our own study that we um, took away or excised a lot of lesions that were not, um, not malignant. Uh, so we had a lower positive predictive value in this set, and we only detected uh, one in 13 uh, additional skin, cancer, skin cancers, which happened to be a basal cell carcinoma. So probably if you do additional total body examination in a benign lesion, your detection rate will be about 1% as it is in the general population. Yeah. And uh, this we have to weigh against putting our time, putting um, these three to four minutes of total body examination into seeing 10 other patients with a lesion-directed screening because there our detection rate is 13%. It is, however, other if we have an index lesion that is suspicious. If we say this could be a skin cancer, then we saw that it is worthwhile to do a total body examination okay. 
And there, the detection rates were higher. There, we had a 9% detection rate of a second skin cancer. So that could be the system that you uh, use in, in your daily practice. That is that you look at a patient, the index lesion. If the index lesion is benign, you have no real good reason to do a total body examination at that time. Um, if you see that a patient has a lot of moles, we sometimes advise to take a new appointment. We will do that in a later phase. So you can postpone. But if the patient has a suspicious lesion, you should go up. You should do a total body examination. That is a very clear message. If I, your main finding, you summarized this, you have a, a very steep increase in the detection of skin cancer. And that with a very low investment of a very limited resource, the time. Um, how do you see in this lesion-directed screening, is there a place for teledermatology? Would that be, or how do you maybe envision in general, how should we perform skin cancer screening in the future? I think we, we as a dermatologist, we have two groups of people. You have this high-risk population, and there is no doubt that we take spend a lot of time Uh, to do early detection of skin cancers there. Um, we should really think about making a good selection who is the high-risk group and of, about having a logical follow-up frequency in these patients' groups. And perhaps new techniques will be able to help us to proceed faster in this group. But on the other hand, you have the general population And they need to, they also have uh, the, the, they should also have the possibility to have early detection of skin cancer. So their lesion directed screening could be a good option. If a person has a lesion that is of concern and the Skin Cancer Foundation says it well, they say a new, unusual or changing lesion then that patient, that lesion should be seen urgently and we make an evaluation. And I think that's the, the good way to spend our time. I need to address that you, you offer much value in that consultation because a lot of people you can reassure they are uh, afraid that they could have skin cancer and you can reassure more than 80% of, of people And we saw that anxiety drops after the consultation in our study. And even in people where you say this lesion is suspicious or we will go ahead, the fear did not increase. It stayed the same, they, they, but they had the, the feeling that uh, there was a quick reaction on the skin lesion and that it would be uh, treated very, very quickly. So uh, it is a type of consultation that is very valuable For the, for the patient, also for the physician, for the dermatologist performing it. And we try to do that type of consultation now with a nurse. So it's the nurse that does the consultation and she asks a dermatologist to drop in. At the moment, the lesion needs to be evaluated. But in fact, it could be something that is... Um, Yeah, that it's uh, that could be performed uh, by a nurse specialist. Yeah. Uh, could you elaborate a little bit on on what the nurse's tasks are in such a consultation? Is it helping the patient to undress, opening the file? Does she what what is she doing? She asks the questions about what what brings you here, what did you detect? So she asks about the checklist criteria. 
Uh, and then she already um, yeah, looks at the lesion, takes a photo, does a, dermosco- a dermoscopy photo as a, as a kind of uh, illustration for the medical file. Uh, and then she comes in and, and, uh, and asks a, a dermatologist to come in. Uh, and it's very well appreciated by the nurses because they also have the impression to have a training in, in, in looking at tumoral skin lesions and that they are trained and, and try to make a diagnosis. And sometimes that uh, uh, the, the, the more they are trained, the, the more easy, the more spontaneous these type of consultations will, will be. And uh, how, which, which interval do you then... Uh... Uh, would you, since we were saying now we have to to organize, we have we have we see a steep increase in skin cancer. I think across all societies, uh, and we need to make sure that we can uh, take care of all of these patients. What what is your advice uh, if you if you then look uh, at the follow up intervals? So you have this high risk population; they've had a skin cancer. Do you see them after six months, after twelve months? That depends on the type of skin cancer. We try to. Um to uh, be very logical about that. And I have to say, because you have the high-risk group, you need to do a follow-up. But we were able to extend our follow-up frequency uh, because of the lesion-directed screening. Mm. Because we say, if there would be something in between, you come at the lesion-directed consultation. So also people who are, are who are already in follow-up at the department can make use of the lesion-directed screening, but also people who have never been at our department and come in from the general population without any referral. It's the only type of consultation we offer without referral of a GP. Um, so it's it's for everyone. And we were able to extend our follow-up frequency because of the lesion-directed screening. So adding another value for your patient, that is time, because he doesn't have to come, he doesn't have to travel. Uh, people don't like to be reminded of their cancer. Uh, they want to live a healthy life, um, but they have the, the very quick access. Um, so Liva, I think you gave, that, gave us many, uh, I have to say, many new insights. I think you, you give us the rationale. I think that is very important about this paper, is that you are giving us the rationale Uh, for good pre-selection to ensure a very quick access and uh, yeah to 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 broaden the access to care it's very comfortable for the patient because he doesn't have to come so often the future perspective would be to to um, to offer the general population tools where they can better pre-select because you asked uh, about teledermatology That could be a system if we put GPs for a triage consultation and they doubt, they could ask uh, a dermatologist for advice. Now, teledermatology for lesions, for pigmented skin lesions, needs to be with dermoscopy. We need also dermoscopy photos because we cannot uh, make a good evaluation on a clinical photo. Um, on the other hand, we saw in our study that there is a kind of a pre, uh, that that a larger part of the people who address this lesion-directed screening are well-educated people, and there is a concern that we would attract, uh, like in every screening uh, in general, we would attract people of higher e- socioeconomic uh, education status or higher education levels. So we need to have tools like a skin cancer detection app would be a nice tool. Uh, we have some apps 
that are available and that pretend to do a skin cancer diagnosis, but I think they are not ready for uh, use in general practice. And the problem is uh, with these apps that they are not really uh, studied in a good design. Uh, so we dropped them, they are dropped on the market and they are there to use by everyone and they help you to make a skin cancer diagnosis, but they are not, we have no formal uh, good studies about what evidence is there that they do what they promise to do. And so uh, there is, there was a recent publication with a meta-analysis uh, and they detected 80% sensitivity, 80% specificity of these apps, which means you miss people and you uh, make a false positive diagnosis in a lot of people. So, um, but if it, these apps become better, and they will because it's uh, artificial intelligence, then perhaps that would, could be a tool that could be used by, by people to pre-select themselves, if you could say, uh, or your, your reception could say on the telephone, if that app shows you high risk, then you should come in urgently. And if that app is green, there's no worry. You should not, uh, that lesion should, should not be seen so that could be a future perspective, but I, um, I'm afraid we are not there at the moment. And uh, it's a little bit sad that, that these apps are not really good, uh, studied well and that we uh, do not know how they perform, uh, although they are already advised in general populations in some countries. Yeah. I think that is, a, that is a very important point to touch. So uh, if I... To summarize, your, your vision for the future is lesion-directed screening, have a second track, at least one additional track for the people who do not come via this uh, lesion-directed screening. We still need other channels to see our patients. Is there anything you would like to add uh, as a final statement? Well, it's, it's not the um, a second track. It's a kind of extension for me to make the lesion-directed screening, the entrance, the threshold as low as possible, the entrance as easy as possible for everyone in the general population. And I think in this way, with the lesion-directed screening, with the higher skin cancer detection rate, we could make skin cancer screening in the general population cost-effective. It could be a skin cancer screening that becomes cost-effective Whereas at the moment, we have no real good skin cancer screening methods in the general population that seem to be uh, generally accepted and cost-effective. So uh, that could be a way to make it cost-effective. And that is, thing, I think, uh, my, my uh, final hope and, and, and uh, future perspective and the, the, the things we are trying to document further and, and working on further. So I think that is a wonderful uh, final statement for this uh, podcast. Thank, Lieve, thank you very much for your time. Thank and, you. Uh, I'm sure we will meet soon again. And I hope that uh, our audience could enjoy and get the takeaways from this uh, session. Thank you very much and uh, have a good day. An exceptionally important topic. It's really about balance, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And though it's never pleasant to talk about the economics of healthcare, this research offers a potential practical solution to doing better to improve the likelihood of catching skin cancer earlier. That's one of the best parts about working with the JDV, getting to see this research as it's just being published. And speaking of... The research discussed today is open access and can be found in the JDV. A link to the article 
Nation-directed screening to optimize skin cancer detection in dermatology practice, an observational study, can be found in the episode summary. Being open access, don't miss this opportunity to really dive into it. We would like to thank Professor Brochet and Professor Guttermuth for sharing their research and experience with us. The EADV and JEADV are proud to continually bring you the newest research in dermatology and venereology. Of course, we would like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts to make sure you get the newest episodes delivered right to you. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research, and other topics of merit. So until the next episode, take care of your skin.